Hey there, freedom-loving carnivores. It's Jeff Dornick from Freedom First Network, and I've got a message for you. Are you tired of feeling like your beef choices are under siege? Well, fellow patriots, it's time to fight back with Prepper All Naturals. That's right, folks. In a world where the beef industry is under constant attack, Prepper All Naturals is here to stand tall and proud as a veteran-owned beacon of quality, taste, and freedom. When the guys at Prepper All Natural set out to provide you with the finest beef products, they knew they had a duty to defend America's beef legacy, and that's why we're proud to partner with them, bringing you the best of what this great land has to offer. Whether it's their succulent freeze-dried beef cubes or their premium freezer boxes packed with steaks and roasts, we're redefining what it means to enjoy beef today and tomorrow. And let me tell you folks, their freeze-dried beef isn't just delicious, it's built to last. With proper stores, their beef cubes can maintain their quality and freshness for up to a decade, ensuring you'll never have to compromise on taste or nutrition. But wait, there's more. They're not just in the business of selling beef. They're in the business of defending freedom. That's why they promise to never sell you anything less than 100% all-American natural beef. No lab-grown imposters, no experimental jabs, and certainly no compromises with the woke agenda. So, fellow beef enthusiasts, join us in our mission to protect America's beef legacy. Visit freedomfirstbeef.com and use code FFM for 15% off your order. Because when you choose Prepper All Naturals, you're not just eating well today, you're eating well tomorrow. And together... We'll ensure that beef remains a symbol of freedom for generations to come. Prep for all naturals, where beef meets freedom. I keep America, you keep America. We'll keep America great. I keep America, you keep America. We'll keep America great. Keep America, you keep America, we'll keep America. Hit it. Welcome to the Bob and Eric Save America show. My name's Bob Dunlap. My name's Eric Bettini. And my name is Nicole O'Grady. And we have Nicole O'Grady, special guest co-host today. You figure you've been on the show a couple of times. You've earned the right to be a guest co-host. Guys, please subscribe. Hit us up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Bob and Eric. Anything you give helps keep the show going forward. And we're also on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Subscribe if you like it. Hopefully give it a five star. A couple of you trolls give it a one star, but so many of you give it a five star that the, the ratio is in our favor. So ha ha. Danny boy, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are piping. The pipes of Nicole O'Grady. If you were at the Dallas function two weeks ago, Faith and Freedoms, you heard, my God, Freddie Mercury incarnate in a beautiful dress. Nicole, tell everyone about that amazing performance of your original song, Modern Day Holy War, which I love, by the way. And we're going to play it at the end of the show. We're We're going to go out with that song. Tell everybody about that performance. Um, it was the first time I had ever performed that live. And unfortunately, I didn't have a whole band behind me, but that's okay. Um, these days, the technology doesn't really matter. So I just sang over a track. And I actually didn't even warm up before. So of course, I go back, I look at it, you know, you're hypocritical, but I'm proud of how it went. And I was super stoked to sing it for the first time in front of people, especially I think it was the perfect song for that type of event. The song is called Modern Day Holy War, which I believe that we are currently living in. And the conference was the Faith and Freedoms Conference. So it was kind of like a perfect gel. And it's funny because when I finished singing, I looked into the crowd where I had seen Eric sitting. And when I looked, he wasn't there. And I like freaked out for a second. And uh, luckily you caught it. You had just switched seats. So I'm really glad. I would not have missed that performance for the world. <laughs> and guys, like 
there's just there's no good music anymore and I, I'm, I'm a music connoisseur I'm a student of it I wish I sang half as good as Nicole uh, but I'll tell you like bands and writing and, and songwriting and performance is a lost art I mean I stopped yeah. I really don't listen to much music beyond the late 80s early 90s I think the 2010s did have a handful of good songs but as far as like anything coming out in 2020 2021 I mean, Nicole, that's the, at least the industry you know better than anyone here. How are, are bands like getting together and going through development phase and playing in mom and dad's garage? Does that happen anymore? How does it work? I, I think there, there, there always has and always will be that. Um, but it's, it's a matter of those bands getting, the, um, getting out there and, and getting the deals. And I don't think that they are getting deals like they used to. I think the last time that deals like that happened was late nineties, late nineties, maybe early two thousands, really like probably two, two thousands. And then digital music came in and that just like really changed the game. I mean, we had like, you know, your backstreet boys, Britney Spears, that all happened, which was great for a second, but all that kind of really morphed the industry, which is really sad. But I mean, now you have uh, people like Lil Nas. They're the people that are getting the record deals now. Um, and that is some scary stuff, if you know what I'm talking about. Well, it's satanic, but all you need is auto-tune. But I think, like, to touch on, like, the Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears, that was a, a wave that was kind of moving away from the grunge and alternative sound. Yeah. And now you have, like, this pop and upbeat stuff. Uh, there was, like, in the early 2000s, this wave of, like, new metal. I don't know what you want to call it, like, Limp Biscuit and Linkin Park. And I know all the guys from Linkin Park. I grew up with them. And I think they're a great band. Limp Biscuit and those guys, not so much. But it just um, tastes have changed. Bottom line is... Uh, I think the best music was created in the 1970s. I stand by that. I think it's amazing. I don't think we'll ever see another like Eagles or Almond Brothers ever again. So savor it while you can. But there are a lot of good outlets for musicians. I go on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I think half the music I listen to are just artists I discover on YouTube. Uh, thank you to that algorithm, this AI that just seems to know where I'm going and what I'm thinking at all times. And speaking of speaking of you know thinking and, and doing things like that, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, creepy Joe Biden. You know, one thing I notice about him, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that he screws up everything he does, everything he says. But the one thing he can say clearly is an inappropriate compliment to an underage girl. What the hell? Did you guys see that video, Bob? Did you see that video I'm talking about? Yeah, and I Which noticed. One? You made a tweet about that, that, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so true. He never screws up when he's doing inappropriate um, words to little girls. It's, um, yeah. it's, it's all over the place today. You're going to find it. He was up on a stage doing something, and there was some young girl in the crowd, like seven, and he was complimenting her on her hair barrettes, and then she said she looked 19 the way she was sitting with her legs crossed. Now, notice that when he talks about underage girls, he doesn't stutter, he doesn't stammer, it comes out perfectly. And I will tell you why. And I'm going to speak from a position of authority. This is 14 plus years in criminal law. I've been a prosecutor, defense attorney. I know sex offenders. I know how they think and how they are, and they can't be cured. I stand here today, and at the risk of being sued for libel, I will say Joe Biden is a pedophile. Not to you know get some retweets or get some dopamine feedback. No, he is a pedophile. He is sexually attracted to underage, to minor children. That's the way he thinks. He just hasn't been registered. He hasn't been caught committing a crime. But they still exist. They exist among us. I mean, 
Nicole, you were in that industry. You know how sexual deviance oh, yeah. is, is widespread in our society. He thinks oh, yeah. that way and these people can't help themselves. So just because I don't care if he's like the pervert on the corner or he's the president of the United States, these people exist among us and they're a demented way of thinking. And mind you, I'll tell you, in all my experience in representing these people and prosecuting these people and dealing with the mental health experts who try to quote unquote treat these people, they'll be the first to tell you, you can't fix them. There's no cure. All you can do is it's basically behavior modification where you tell them like, yeah, you think this way, but we're just going to teach you how to act right. I mean, Nicole, you saw that in the industry. You just saw, you know, sex oh, yeah. deviance. Oh, yeah. Pedophilia left or right. What's that like? You know, if you, do you know much about like Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, the two Corys? Well, I, I know about them. And, you know, obviously growing up in the eighties and nineties, I mean, I was a fan of their movies. They were huge. I know Corey Feldman has come out. Corey Hamm unfortunately passed away, but Corey Feldman has come out. Um, what maybe you know a little bit more than we do. What, what do they have to say? I mean, just Corey Hamm. No, excuse me. Uh, okay, so Corey, Corey Hamm passed away. Yeah. And I think that a lot of these actors, young kids, they, they end up growing up in the industry and they end up just having so many issues with drugs and, and, you know, different types of abuse. And I think it really stems from the abuse that they receive sexually in the industry. And both Corey's have come out and talked about it. And Corey Feldman actually, I, I believe did a, like a documentary or an expose and he was trying numerous times to get it released. There were technical difficulties. I don't know if it ended up getting released, um, but he has, he's like one of the people that I, I've actually spent time around who will openly talk about it pretty much to anybody who, who asks him about it. And he really wants to expose the industry for what it is. And I actually feel like the entire basis of the industry is pedophilia. And I, I actually feel like in government, the reason why these people are so crazy is because of the $150 billion child sex trafficking industry. And I think that this entire battle that we're seeing playing out in politics is kind of surrounding this, this obsession with this, you know, wanting to normalize sexual relations between adults and society and children. And I, you know, I can go down the conspiracy path all day, but I just, I really feel like it's like you brought up, you know, just Joe Biden, but it's in my opinion, like a lot, a lot it's of them. It's widespread. A lot it's of them. Yeah. I think it really is like the basis and it gets down to, you know, even like, you know, God versus Satan type, type stuff. And I guess we'll save that for later, but, um, but yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but well, to, to some degree it does. And I can't speak for Corey Feldman. I know that he had this uh, biopic or documentary or something that he was putting out a while ago. And I know that he was trying to stream it and was having trouble. And I think he was, yeah. his stream was being sabotaged, but he will name names. I mean, he will name names when you, mm -hmm. when you ask him, uh, I'm not in a position, you know, legally or with the firsthand knowledge to, to mention any of those names. But I know that if you, if you do the research, he will mention some names and he says it's a pretty big name that was uh, widespread in the industry in the 1980s, uh, sexually molesting some of these young actors. And you hear these stories coming out of Hollywood all the time and yeah i think there is a push to normalize adult children relationships and you know it's a very slippery slope you say okay you know we have gay marriage which i'm i'm totally in favor of i don't mind yeah. but you know what does that lead to from there and i think that's the concern a lot of people have is the slippery slope okay you know the boundaries and the lack of standards 
and I know someone's going to come at me and say, I'm not pro LGBTQ enough or whatever that means. But the standards being that there was a time where marriage was between a man and a woman, where gender was gender. You're born a man, you're born a woman. And now those things seem to be malleable and, you know, drag queen story hour and things like that. And then this sexualization of children and trying to expose children to this LGBTQ agenda, which it's one thing to teach inclusion and accepting people for who they are. I think everybody, uh, namely the vast you know, number of Christians who watch this show can agree, you can hate the sin, but you love the sinner, so to speak. But to normalize it to children and teach them that not only is this okay, but to almost promoted as this is what you should do. Think about it in terms of generation. Generation Z, born 1996, 1995, one in seven, one in seven will identify as uh, some form of the LGBTQ spectrum. One in seven. Hmm. Now, here's the thing. I don't have any pronouns. The reason I don't have pronouns is not because I'm a hateful person, because my parents showed me attention when I was a child. I'm not starved for it. I think it's attention-seeking behavior. With that being said, someone who doesn't seek attention, but we want to give it to them, we're going to bring Alexandra Lanes into the show right now. Hope she realizes she's coming in live in the deep end. Swim with the Sharks. Nicole, we did that to you your first time. I know. Yeah, you did. Alexandra Lanes is on the show, and she is live. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Welcome to Bob and Eric Save America with our special guest co-host, Nicole O'Grady. So good to have you here. And we're going to throw you right into the deep end. And I'm going to ask you right out the gate, Uh thoughts on January 6th commission being shut down. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, well, I have so many thoughts on this commission and how it's being compared, uh, you know, to 9-11 with January 6th and with everything. And and I think it's absolutely insane. I mean, this is like, January 6th wasn't an insurrection. You know, a commission is not necessary. You You know, when citizens are let into the Capitol building and there's video of them being let in to the Capitol building, that's not an insurrection. I'm more curious as to why the anti-police crowd hasn't rioted for Ashley Babbitt yet, who was the only one killed on that day. So it's, it's blatant hypocrisy that the, it's everything that's going around that is circling the Democrats and everything that they decide to do is just blatant hypocrisy. They want a commission. They want an investigation into things that they don't like when everything that they do is circled around investigations or, or denying investigations on them. So it's just, it's pure hypocrisy. It is pure hypocrisy, and I'm so glad because, and I've talked about this, I was on with Matt Couch earlier on his show this week, we did like a two-hour stream talking about it. You know, January 6th, I think when it happened, I don't think any of us on the right knew how to respond to it. I think we were all Mm -hmm. shocked by it. We're like, what do we do? What happened? And I think the problem, there's something about establishment Republican DNA. And there's a difference between being an America first conservative and being an establishment Republican. I think a big difference. And the establishment Republican way of thinking is we need to get on CNN, step over your own mother to do it, and we need to apologize. Blanket apology. We need to condemn it. We need to get out publicly. I mean, we see this with Marjorie Taylor Greene, with with, uh, Kevin McCarthy jumping out to condemn things that she says. When did the Democrats ever eat their own and condemn each other publicly. When they were committing insurrection last year from May of October, where 25 people died, where billions upon billions of dollars in damage, where cities that are never going to recover, where were they calling out the insurrection? No, you had Kamala Harris going on Stephen Colbert and saying this shouldn't stop. It isn't going to stop. She's bailing people out. The messaging, the thing is, it's not about the act. It's about the messaging. Alexandra, do you think Republicans failed the test on messaging for January 6th? 
Well, yeah, I think that there's a lot of spineless Republicans that we have, you know, I mean, and then the thing is, is that like you, Republicans are not, you know, innocent, you know what I mean? We could call out our own. I think that's the difference too, is that we can call out our own. But I think it, what's crazy is that Trump himself, and, and I watched it, I wasn't there. I was actually supposed to be in DC that day. You were there. Yeah. I wasn't there, but I did watch it on TV and I watched Trump's messaging to protest peacefully, to go there peacefully. I mean, it, he literally said peacefully. And, you know, I think that sometimes... Folks, listen up. I've got something crucial to share with you today. In this uncertain world, you need to be prepared for anything, especially when it comes to your health. That's where the wellness company comes in, offering you peace of mind in a box with their medical emergency kit. Picture this. You're faced with a medical emergency and you need quick, effective treatment. The wellness company's medical emergency kit is like having a strategic arsenal of life-saving medications right at your fingertips. From proven treatments like ivermectin to generic Z-Packs and amoxicillin, this kit has got you covered. But that's not all. Every kit comes with a medical emergency guidebook, ensuring you have the knowledge to use these medications safely and effectively. It's like having a medical professional right there with you when you need it most. And here's the kicker. Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health FFN. That's right, folks. 10% off peace of mind in a box. Don't wait until it's too late. Get your medical emergency kit today and be ready for whatever comes your way. Stay safe. Stay prepared with a wellness company. Again, Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health/ffn. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. You know, Republicans, you know, they want to twist things or or just the way that Democrats do. I feel like we have to be careful with our messaging, because when it comes to Democrats, their messaging is like very precise. You know what I mean? But with Republicans, you know, you almost have to like in order to talk to Democrats and to get messages across to Democrats, Republicans have to like treat them like they're children Mm -hmm. and like be slow about it and be like, we're going to walk to the Capitol and we're going to stand outside the Capitol. We are unarmed. You have to say unarmed like 5,000 times. I mean, you have to treat them like they are children because if you don't do that, then they're just going to twist your words. So we have to be careful with our messaging in a way because we're literally dealing with toddlers. And it's kind of frustrating because Trump literally said protest peacefully make your voices heard peacefully not by burning down businesses not by destroying property not by causing violence to people that don't agree with you but make your voices heard in the way that we are good at which is we are vocally making our voices heard and it's it's almost frustrating in a way because just like i said before you have to treat them like they're children I agree with that. And the thing is, the problem with messaging is the Democrats have a vast machine. They have so much more media outlets than we do. What do you have, Fox, mm-hmm. which, which I wouldn't call necessarily conservative friendly. You have OAN and you have Newsmax, which let's be honest, I mean, they, they are not top tier news organizations at this juncture. Mm-hmm. I think they're up and coming, but they're not CNN. 
you know, it's not MSNBC. Uh, and it's and it's beyond that. I mean, the Democrats also have big tech, corporate America, academia. They have so many more tentacles than we do. Bob, I'm going to pivot to you here. You know, let's break down January 6th because I think it's as Jack Posobiec said. I think we're always going to have our own political interpretations of what happened. If you're on the left, you're going to see it one way. If you're on the right, you're going to see it another way. Breaking it down, and then after you, I want to get to Nicole because she was. I'm not going to say you were there because God forbid the FBI is listening. You were not at the Capitol. Well, they've already been to my house once. They, so. they have already been to your house. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for them. I, no, I wasn't there. I had nothing to do with it. But just talking about it on the show, I think the next step is they're going to start going after people who have talked about it. I mean, we're living in some dystopian times. But Bob, what, based on what you know and based on what you see, what do you think happened that day? Like if we had to break down and, and you know, Monday morning quarterback it, what happened? It was all a false flag. They bust in some Antifa. They were breaking into the Capitol before he even uh, finished speaking. Um, it was all, they had to let him in. The doors were locked magnetically, so they had to be let in. And you saw the videos. It was all a scam. It was all a setup. And then with the impeachment and everything, see, the Democrats play out months in advance of what's going to happen. So it was all, it was all just a made up false flag. You know, I, I, I have heard that, and, and I, I've, I've thought about that. And looking at it in retrospect and thinking about it, um, if, if they, first of all, they knew that, that there was going to be a big march in Washington. We all knew. Everybody knew. They were expecting, I think, like 4 million people turned up uh, for marches that were going on days before. There were things, you know, there were events on the 5th and things like that. And if they had concerns, you know, where was the security? Where were the Capitol Police? They had very limited police presence. Where was the military? I mean, they militarized the Capitol afterwards. I mean, to some degree, the Capitol is still semi-militarized right now, but where were those protections in place? I mean, think about it on election night. On election night, you had National Guard on standby. You had buildings. They were, remember the, the footage? They were putting up the big poster boards and the big plywood over the uh, windows, and they were, they were painting on it BLM, so you know who they were appealing to. God forbid there were going to be protests and riots, but in any event, the security apparatus wasn't there. Now, Nicole, when you say you were there, a clarify for the federal agents that like to watch this show, where were you? <laughs> um, we were at the Ellipse, which is where the president's speech took place. And when the FBI came to my house, <clears throat> it, it was like something out of a movie. It was like, you know, I finished my lunch. I see some, I see a couple guys walk up to my door. I'm thinking they're Jehovah's Witness or something. <laughs> and I open the door and boom, they flash their badges. And of course my heart goes into my stomach, but I know I didn't do anything wrong. So I'm like, sure, come on in. And they said to me, we're here to ask you some questions about a post you made on Facebook. Oh God. And when they said that, I almost started laughing. I almost started la I was like, is that where we're at now? But anyways, I'm like, sure, come on in. What was the so post? The post was uh, a photograph of myself, Matt Couch, Cordy Williams, Chris Lippy, and the group that we were sitting with, you know, like five, six, seven rows back from the stage. And uh, as we were leaving, Right Side Broadcasting was sort of doing their recap and um, they panned on us, you know, because we, we know them. And so they panned on us walking out and a few friends screenshotted it and posted it up on my socials. And then I reposted it up on my social. And I said, I was there at the speech and I said, it was a total FF false flag, Bob. I agree hundred percent. And, um, they said that it was, it was reported from face. Someone had reported it. Obviously some lefty on my Facebook page, 
and that they had to investigate, you know, anyone that was there. And well, I'm like, sure, come on in, sit down. And it's kind of ironic because the first thing they asked me, I don't know if I'll get them in trouble, but was whether or not they had to keep their masks on. And I was like, no, please take your mask off. <laughs> so that was a good sign for me. And they were very nice. And we sat and talked and I said, yeah, that was at the ellipse. And they said to me, what's the ellipse? And I'm like, that's where the president's speech was. <laughs> so they didn't even know what the ellipse was. And I said, yeah, it was about a 20 minute walk away from the Capitol and about a 20 minute walk away from the White House. I don't know if they were acting, you know, clueless or if these guys clearly were clueless, but I proceeded to kind of go in on them because I don't have anything to hide. I post my opinions on social media and I have free speech. And I did ask them, I said, am I going to get myself in trouble here with anything I say? They said, no, you're in your First Amendment rights. And I said, okay, good. And I just went off on them for about 30 minutes. And I talked about how, you know, COVID was a scam, the masks are a scam, the PCR oh tests are a scam. Nicole, they're going to open up a whole division just to investigate you now. There's going to be the Nicole McGrady division. Okay, well, great. Well, I hope they do because I have nothing to hide. But anyways, the, the thing that I, about January 6th was I said, my friends and I didn't even go to the Capitol. In fact, we were walking the opposite direction to our hotel um, against, against the wave of people all walking to the Capitol. But as we were walking, we saw who I believed to be Antifa walking right next to us. Mm -hmm. And I'm very intuitive. And my alarm bells started going off and I started getting really anxious. And I grabbed Matt Couch and we were actually with, some, with a security team and mm -hmm. I said, we all were like, this is Antifa. We need to get out of here. We already knew something was going to go down. So we hightailed it to our hotel. And on the way, we saw these guys going up to different booths where they were selling Trump merchandise and they were buying Trump merch. And I heard one guy, he was smoking a joint, which, you know, there's a time and a place for that. And that was definitely not it. And uh, he's like, yo, how much for a sweatshirt? And I'm just like, yeah, you're totally a Trump supporter here to support, you know, the cause. Anyways, we got out of there. When we finally reached our hotel, which was about maybe a 10, 15 minute walk, we go up to our hotel room, we turn on the news and it was like a scene out of a movie. And because I've worked in movies, I'll say it literally looked like a scene. It didn't look right to me because they had scaffolding conveniently placed on each side of the Capitol. And not only that, but they had one of those window washer, um, you know, electric risers on the Capitol and there were what looked to be patriots going up and down with a little controller up and down on the Capitol hanging off. And I'm like, this looks like when I was an extra in movies and they said background action and the background goes and then they bring in the actors and do the scene. That is what my intuition was telling me and I will, I'll, I'll go to my grave with that, that it was 100% totally a setup. And not only that, but I had other friends who were on the ground that also got out of there before anything bad happened. Um, but they got video of the Capitol Police literally moving those metal barricades off to the side and going like this and ushering everyone in. And then there's also video of, uh, of Trump supporters who were talking to Capitol Police and saying, hey, you know, can we be in here? They said, yeah, sure, you know, as long as you're peaceful. And they were directing everyone, be peaceful, don't break anything, don't touch anything. These were all on video. I had some of these videos up on my Instagram, up on my Facebook, they were all taken down. And I said that to the FBI. I said, every 
thing that I had that was visual evidence of it being 100% set up was ripped and pulled off my Instagram and my Twitter. And one of the FBI agents said to me, oh yeah, I tried looking you up on Twitter, but your account was suspended. I said, yeah, why do you think? Because people like us are trying to get the truth out there and they just, they just acted dumbfounded. And whether or not they truly were clueless, because I don't know if the FBI is allowed to have uh, social media. And if these guys don't have social media, I'm sorry, they have zero clue what the hell is actually going out in the world, going on out in the world. Absolutely. And and being a former prosecutor, I mean, I was a prosecutor in the days of MySpace and we used to pull MySpace pages. Kids would confess to murders on MySpace. And so we, you know, print it out and that's a a piece of evidence. Now, Alexandra, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second here. So if all these things happen on January 6th and we're still trying to figure out what happened, why not a January 6th commission? Honestly, that is a good question. And I I honestly think it just goes back to the corruption of the Democrats because with the way that this was, it was a setup. So obviously the Democrats are going to be like, oh, look into this, look into this, but they already got everything covered. They got all their bases covered. So they're ready for an investigation. You know what I mean? Because they, this, this was them. This was their, their, we're playing out of, it's coming out of their playbook is what it is. So they're ready. They're ready to cover all of their bases. This is not the first time they've done this. I mean, these are de- we're talking about Democrats here. We're talking about the swamp in D.C. We're talking about corruption. We're talking about people like Hillary Clinton. You know, I mean, she posted that tweet and, and I'm going to be like, listen, I could talk about Benghazi all day if you want me to. Like, stop, stop spewing lies. It's they are used to this. They are used to lying. They are used to putting on a different face. They're used to putting on a mask. They're used to basically being actors and acting a specific way. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, we need to look into this. This was an insurrection. This was a, an attack on our government. And I am scarred. Now I need therapy. I got PTSD when they, came, when they went to work hours later. So it's just like, of course they want to look into it because they want us, they want the American people to think that this wasn't a setup and this was all Republicans attacking the government. Of course they want to look into an investigation because they don't want people to look back at them and be like, wait a second. I think you have something to do with this. What, what's up, Bob? I just realized who our guest is. She's the one that puts out videos that get thousands and thousands of views. I, didn't, I just realized yeah. that from her voice. Yeah. <laughs> she does a lot of videos. She does great videos. Well, that's why she's here. I didn't know. <laughs> she's, she's fantastic. And uh, the, the thing is just... Sure. Here is absolutely just to touch on what she was saying. I think that you know an investigation, an impartial investigation into what happened. That's that's never going to be the case no. with Democrat-controlled Senate, Democrat-controlled House investigation. I don't know where the investigation. I, I'm not certain where the committee. Well, they voted for it in the Senate, so I imagine it'll be a Senate committee, Senate subcommittee investigating it, which is controlled by the Democrats. With mind you, a couple of Democrats didn't even show up for the vote. Uh, Kirsten Cinema, mm-hmm. who I'm really starting to take a shine to, is even though she's a Democrat. But it's not going to be about getting to the truth of the matter. If you want to get to the truth of the matter, we're going to look at, uh, first of all, we're going to want to know communications between Pelosi's office and the Capitol Police. We're going to want to know communications between the DNC and the Capitol Police. We're going to want to know, uh, mm. you know, were there stand down orders made? We're going to want to know the identity. Well, we kind of already do. Uh, our friend Taylor Hansen, who's been on the show, has revealed the identity of the Capitol Hill officer. Uh, he was Capitol Hill was Secret Service. The officer, whoever shot Ashley Babbitt, his name has been revealed, but we're going to find mm-hmm. out about that. You know, she was unarmed. She was a, a woman climbing through a window. 
just just to juxtapose that with the Jacob Blake shooting, he was a rapist who was at his rape victim's house getting in the car armed with a knife with kids in the back. But his shooting wasn't justified. But Ashley Babbitt, oh, she's an introductionist. No, she was a white woman conservative. And you yeah. Democrats would want her dead if she was walking to the grocery store because that's what you want. You don't care what she was doing. You justify it based on political affiliation and her color. Be honest. At least be honest with yourself. Don't be honest verbally, but at least be honest when you're reflecting. So I think that this nine, I think that this nine eleven style commission is really going to be, we're going to we're going to set it up to get sound bites and video clips for 2022 and 2024 is what we're going to do. I want to have my hero moment. I want to have my Kavanaugh hearing. I want to have my Spartacus moment. So when I'm running for Congress next year, I can play it and say I'm fighting for freedom. And this guy, ominous music, is an insurrectionist. He stands by Donald Trump, who supported insurrection. We know how it's going to happen. And I'm so sick of the melodrama and the histrionics. Was it a bad day? Yes. Was it a bad day? But you know what a bad day was? May of 2020, pretty much through now. And if you're still in Portland, it's going on every night. That is an insurrection, people. That, not 300 truck drivers from Iowa taking selfies in the rotunda. That's just silly. That's just foolishness. And, and Hillary Clinton, Alexander, like you said, she put out this, this tweet the other day saying they murdered a police officer. Hillary Clinton has had over 80 people murdered. They have a damn hitman on speed dial. They've been killing people since the late 70s. Go back to the days of Arkansas. Yep. They've had witnesses beaten. They, they used to have the, the Arkansas State Troopers used to be the personal Gestapo of the Clinton family. So don't talk to us. Don't wax poetic and philosophical about murder, Hillary, because you are far more dangerous than, like I said, 300 truck drivers at the Capitol. Moving on to another false flag. <laughs> Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Had a lot of coffee today. Moving on to another false flag, let's talk about Wuhan Virology Institute. You know, they call us conspiracy theorists. I just think we get it right the first time. Alexandra, what we were saying a year and two months ago, they were calling us these tinfoil hat, you know, conspiracy theorists. Now it's true. You know, what's your take on that? I mean, it seems like it's getting more and more mainstream acceptance that COVID was manufactured in a lab. It did not occur in nature in bats. Yeah, well, yeah, it didn't occur from someone eating a damn bat because now we're eating cicadas a year later. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And so, you don't know what a cicada is? No, I know what that is, but why are people eating them? Why is that a thing? I don't know. I, I, if I had the answer, I would tell you, but I don't know. I, I want to steer clear away from those people. Is that like, that's like I a climate thing, isn't it? Uh, I guess. I, yeah. it's, save the climate or else we're all going to die, AOC. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think it's crazy. It's, it's exactly what you said, that we were called conspiracy theories. But no, it's just because we're right. I mean, you know, we've been seeing this since the beginning. Trump said it since the beginning. We've all said it. I'm pretty sure I got a tweet. You got a tweet. Everybody's got a tweet about how this was, this was from a lab. And it's just absolutely insane. I mean, this is... Liberals don't want to listen to us because they hate being wrong. 
And, you know, they wanted to dumb us down so much by thinking it came from someone eating a bat. And now all of a sudden it's made national news. I mean, you know, top Democrats knew about this too, because this entire pandemic was to get Trump out of office and it was to control the American people. That's what it was. That's this, this whole take. It was to control the American people and it was to make Biden look good in his first year in office, though I don't think anything can make him look good his first year of office. We're not, we're not even like halfway or we're about halfway. So I think this is just like, now it's making national news. And I think it's ways to either distract us from other things or to make Biden look good. And he's discovering all these things, but it's never good. He's never going to look good with it because he's in bed with China. So it's just, I think it's, it's, it's almost, it's just frustrating because you have a, a group of us, you have a party of us that are sitting here and we're saying, listen, I think this is what's happening. And we're always getting, we're always getting dismissed and we're always being called conspiracy theorists or we're crazy or we're stupid or we don't know what we're talking about. Um, but in reality, we know exactly what we're talking about and we're trying to warn these people, but the liberals don't want to hear it because they don't want to be wrong or they don't want to hear us being right. And this is just, I feel like it's just going to be a never ending cycle for years and years to come that we're always going to be right about something. And then a year later, they're finally going to come around and be like, oh crap, wait, this is what happened. So. Well, what, the, what they could say which was effective was we're racist because it comes from China. Mm -hmm. So it must be racist. But now, now calling it the China virus isn't racist anymore. Go figure. The right guy's in office. The bottom line is that it was created in a lab. I think that we can all agree to that. And I think that the the science and even, you know, a year ago, uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, who got in big trouble for putting out her pandemic documentary was saying, Hey, look, what this is, is a SARS virus that has been modified. And it's been modified in such a way that 800 years of natural evolution has occurred the span of like eight to 10 years. So if left alone in, in, in the world, in the year 2800, COVID would occur naturally in nature because viruses, like other beings, evolve and adapt to their surroundings. What they did is they took it in a lab and they tweaked it and they manufactured it in such a way to make it more lethal and more contagious. Now, mm-hmm. I understand that happens. I understand that we do it. I understand other countries do it. What troubles me is that we were funding it is that money from the National Institute of Health was going to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to fund this research. And that it has come back, like all the things we fund, the Mujahideen, Fast and Furious, and now COVID, all the things come to bite us in the ass. Nicole, what say you? Well, I was going to say because this, you know, being a long time, long term, 16 year conspiracy theorist, is I will tell you, this is nothing but the depopulation agenda. You have some very rich, evil elites that, you know, just like how we are Christians, uh, you know, or, you know, people believe in God. There's people out there that, that literally believe in, in Luciferianism. And it is a, it's a practice. And I know that it's real because I've seen that practiced in Hollywood. And right now we are literally, like I said, in the modern day Holy War. And we are in this depopulation agenda where these elites want to they, they can't they know that they can't control us they know that we are always going to evolve and right now humanity's consciousness whether people realize this or not people are waking up we are in the great awakening and they are going to push back as long as they can as hard as they can but you know nothing really can stop people from waking up and so this whole manufacturing of the virus this has been planned for a long time through bill gates event 201 and it's been the long time depopulation agenda. And I used to like cry myself 
to sleep at night and freak out when I first learned about this stuff because I was like, oh my gosh, like this is going to happen and no one's going to realize it. But people are waking up and in the satanic law of reversal, they show us the opposite of what's true. And, uh, you know, that's why they lie about every single thing. But only three things can be hidden for so long, the sun, the moon, and the truth. And I, I believe every single thing is going to be revealed. And I know Bob and I agree on a lot of that stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just kind of a waiting game. And, and the thing is, is it tends to be people of faith who can have proper discernment to see what's true and what's the lie, what the lie is. So we're not conspiracy theorists. We are tuned into the frequency of truth. So when we watch something, we're like, no, you know, your intuition tells you, no, that's not real. That's not true. So like Alexandra was saying is it's not that we're conspiracy theorists. It's that we can see the truth before they can. And we are just trying to warn people. So this is very biblical what we're going through right now. If you ask me. And, and, you know, Nicole, even saying that the left, you say Bible, God, or anything like that. And that's like kryptonite to the left. Yeah. They'll shut your, they shut you down right away. They'll just go, Oh, you're a Bible freak. You're one of those crazy Christians. They'll shut you down. And I think that just exemplifies how far we've gone in terms of removing God from the public discourse and that, mm -hmm. you know, religion. And, and as we progress through the generations and as time and time goes by, less and less people are practicing religion. Uh, and, and look at it again, when we started COVID, what was one of the very first things, you, not just, you know, you look at your governor, guys, look to your governor, look to your state and local officials. One of the very first things they shut down was worship, houses of worship. You couldn't even, you couldn't even go to a drive-in. I remember in Mississippi, they were handing out like $100 citations to people that went to a drive-in service to cut that down. Now, the courts have ruled since then that you can't do that. You can't shut that down. But when, it, when a cannabis shop is open, when you can call up or go on Amazon and have liquor, I had liquor delivered to my house when the COVID started at 10 o'clock at night. I had a bottle of liquor brought to my house, but my, my kid's church, their Lutheran church, was closed. How, what, kind of messed up, what kind of messed up world are we in when that happens? Hey, can I ask Nicole something? Yeah, go ahead, Bob. Hey, Nicole, what do you think with the depopulation? What do you think about the vaccine? You think that's part of it? Yeah, that's like the probably the, the main basis of it. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, is, you know, yes, there are a lot of people that are having adverse reactions. There's a lot of people that are dying, even though they're not telling us. Um, and then there's a lot of people that are seemingly fine. And I actually did a poll yesterday. Sorry. I, oh, I thought you grew a tail. Right? Oh, no, that was a cat that we bought. Did you have the vaccine? <laughs> Which one? Did you get the Moderna no, um, or the AstraZeneca? <laughs> no, she got the Johnson & Johnson. There you go. That's the tail vaccine, yeah. Um, well, the thing about the Johnson & Johnson, which everyone's arguing, why is Trump pushing the vaccine? And to my knowledge, the Johnson & Johnson is the one that does not have the mRNA in it, mm. which the mRNA, to my knowledge, is what, you know, has like the the... RFID in it, RFID chip, the, you know, subparamagnetic sub nanoparticulates, which is the metals that is um, the administer, the metals that are, are in the vaccine that are causing magnets to stick to people's arms. Mm. Have you seen those yeah, videos? Seen those videos. Is, that, is that like a real thing? Because yeah. I wasn't that sure. That is a real That's... thing. It's, it's a real, real thing. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Actually, there's some fun, um, Someone she went down to uh, to Laguna Beach, which is nearby where I live, and she interviewed multiple people, and they tried the magnet test. And I would say on over half of them, the magnet test worked, and they were all the ones that had the Moderna and the other vaccine. Uh, what is it, Pfizer? I don't even know. Ha, 
Pfizer and Moderna. Um, but yeah, 100%, it's a depopulation agenda. And the thing is, is all the people that have been messaging me because I did a poll on my Instagram in the last like 48 hours. And I said, you know, how many people have taken the vaccine? Yes or no? 97% said no. 3% said yes. Um, which right there shows that the media is really lying about how many people are actually really getting it. And then I also, in my next post said, if you did receive it, you know, please be honest, like, let me know how you were feeling. And a few people said they had felt sick, but then they now feel fine. A couple people were really trying to push that they just felt awesome and felt great. And I'm like, okay. And then a few people were honest and said that, you know, I feel okay, but I know people who passed away from it. I know people who had adverse reactions. And the thing is, like Judy Mikovits was saying, and a lot of doctors are coming out now and they're saying that we're not going to see the effects of these vaccines. Some people see it immediately. Some people will see it in a year, two years, three years, but we don't know what's going to happen in 10, 15 years from now. Are no, all these people going to die of cancer? No, no. You know, are all these people- the apocalypse. No, no. I, look, when you talk about depopulation, like it's not like people are going to go take a vaccine and drop dead. Depopulation, we're going to see a massive wave of infertility in 10 to 15 years. You're gonna that, see- well, that as well. That's that as well. Thing. Yeah. 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 So, so I yep. can't understand if you if you're a healthy young woman in your 20s or 30s and you want to have children one day, why in the world would you do this? Yeah, why? Why? And I, I'm I'm not going to ask because it's nobody's business, but I'll make an assumption. I mean, but why? Why would anybody, any woman who's in their 20s or 30s who wants to have kids, why would you ever do that? I don't get it. I don't get it because the crowd that six years ago, five six years ago, was complaining about gluten is now willingly walking into these vaccine sites and just saying, "Stick whatever you got in my arm." I don't get the logic behind it. Alexandra, help me out here. I mean, why? Why would a young woman, a young healthy woman who's not at risk for getting uh, sick, why would they inject themselves with a vaccine? Yeah. um, Well, I I don't really get it either. I'm 25 years old, you know, and and I'm, yeah, I'm trying to start a family with my husband. And, you know, it's, I think what's crazy is that it, you have people on the left that are basically filling others' brains with do this to, um, to protect others. You know, you have a responsibility to protect other people. Screw you, screw yourself, but protect others. And I, I think it's, it's, it's almost selfish in a way because in a way we need to protect ourselves. You know, our medical decisions, first of all, should not be anybody's business, but if we choose to not take something for our health and for the future of our children and our family, then that should be our, our decision and that should not be up for debate. But it's crazy because uh, actually it's not even that crazy. I'm really not that surprised the, the the younger generation and the younger women that are getting this vaccine and, you know, getting it either while they're pregnant or before they try and have a child, because these are the same people that advocate for abortion. So it's almost like it doesn't really, it, it makes sense. It makes sense that these are the people, the same people that in one sentence will say, abortion should be legal. I want to go kill my baby at Planned Parenthood are also saying, yeah, I can't wait to get this vaccine because they don't care if they're infertile or not. They will 10 years from now when they're trying to start a family and they can't. And I don't want to hear them crying. I, I'm a pretty like sympathetic, empathetic person, but like, I don't want to hear them crying because we're warning you about this right now. But at the same time, these are the same people that do not blink a single eye when it comes to abortion. That's the thing though, but, but generationally, you know, more and more people, especially young people, uh, less and less of them are getting married. 
and less and less of them are having kids. I mean, I, I take my family to Disney once a year and like the childless millennial thing is a real thing. Like you have couples that are you know, a little bit younger than me that have been married and you have no kids, no kids in sight. I know a lot of them. Couples in their 30s, like, no, we're not going to have kids. We, hey, we got disposable income. We're going to travel and we're going to live life for ourselves, which I suppose it's a personal choice. But I mean, uh, look, look to the Bible, folks. Uh, land and children. That's what that book is all about. Uh, with that Hollywood. being said, well, well, what about Hollywood? That's just pushing the breakdown of family, yeah. Pushing the breakdown of family, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I, I wanted to, to interject and, and mention something about, you know, talking about people on the left who are going and getting the vaccine, who, you know, were all gluten-free. I actually worked in the sustainability industry for a, a family who makes amazing products with, like, bamboo. And I learned, I ran their social media, and I learned so much about that industry sustainability and i will say so much of it is real is factual is true and the right actually needs to get better about that because we can actually win a lot of people over if we start becoming a little bit more knowledgeable about you know and sustainable and i'm not talking about climate change that's a whole other topic which is bs but i will say i was utterly shocked because this whole family who has, you know, even their packaging is biodegradable for their products. They did all the research. They're so smart. Only one person in the family did not get the vaccine, and that was the mother. And they're farmers. They have a farm. I mean, they do the whole, the whole bit. And when I heard that the two sons, the two wives, and the father all got the vaccine, I was like, one of the sons doesn't even wear shoes. He'll be, like, gardening in the backyard without shoes on. That's how natural they are. And it was the brainwashing, and I hate to say this, but it was from the wives. It was from the wives that pressured the husbands to go and get the vax. And I, I'm, I'm nervous for them because, you know, I know they want to have children. And anyways, it is like she's like, like Alexander was saying, it's the, oh, I'm so compassionate. I'm going to do this to protect you. And it really is this mentality of the, of the left who are, you know, I hate to say, but a lot of vegetarians, a lot of vegans, a lot of people who I'm going to say, I've been vegetarian and vegan, and I was the most ungrounded. My energy was ungrounded when I was, when I was, um, when I was doing that. And it's just a whole different mentality. And they're very, very kind people, but there's a groundedness and a rooting that's not there and it comes down to like, like it's, it's kind of an energy thing. And I'm just kind of rambling now, but I hope you can kind of understand like where I'm coming from when I say that. You know what my nightmare dinner party scenario would be? It would be a CrossFitter, a vegan, a sophomore in college who just came home from a semester abroad in Italy and someone who just got a vaccine. <laughs> that would be my nightmare <laughs> dinner party. I would not get a word in edgewise. Hell yeah. Lots of drinking. Alexandra. <laughs> Uh, amazing conversation. Thank you so much. Tell everybody what you're up to, where they can find you in the world. Give us the uh, breakdown of what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So I am going to end up being a contributor for Right Side Broadcasting Network. Um, I'm also still doing my rant videos, my 60 second or less rant videos. Eventually I'll do longer ones. I'll be doing those with Right Side, but um, you know, people know me for my fast talking and stuff. So that's what I'm going to continue to do. And uh, you can find me um, on Twitter at Real Alex Lanes. Lanes is spelled L-A-I-N-S because that can get kind of confusing for people as well as on Instagram at Living Life Like Alex and my website, livinglifelikealex.com. 
We're going to have uh, your Twitter handle and, and all that information here in the ticker. Thank you so much for joining us. Great conversation. I love seeing young conservatives. We got a, another up and coming young conservative coming on next week, uh, Taylor McRae, who's been putting out some great videos. So she's going to come on. But I love seeing it because you know I'm going to be 40 in November, and like it just does me proud to see a new generation assuming the mantle and carrying the torch and moving forward and making America first. Thank you so much, Alexander Lance. Guys, check her out. Check out her videos. Thank you. Nice. All right. All right. Alexandra Lanes. What a wonderful guest. I love seeing young conservatives. So, guys, Memorial Day weekend, long weekend. I know Joe Biden said we can't have hot dogs until what, July 4th. Um, I'm going to do what I want this weekend. But let's think about the, the reason we get to have this is Memorial Day, is that we're, we are commemorating people who have served this country who have died. Um, mm. it, 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 I don't know if I'm going to say like it's a source of like shame for me. I, I never went to the military, but I'm the only male in my family on my father's side as far back as I can remember. This is going back to the Civil War, who's never served in the military. So, you know, it's a long, proud legacy. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad to you know, be a part of it in some respect. But uh, it's very important. We lose sight of that. Of, of why we have this weekend. Everyone just thinks that Monday we have off and we're going to grill and we're going to drink, but people really forget. And uh, I think one of the great things that Donald Trump was able to do was to end the cycle of perpetual war. Just because we have a mighty military doesn't mean that we go wage wars because we can. I think those days are long behind us. The fact remains is that war is a military industrial complex. Dwight Eisenhower warned us on the way out of office. And we saw that in the Middle East. These ideas that we could go in there and we could change regimes uh, where the people making the decision have no skin in the game, uh, but they have plenty to earn from it. And it's, it's young people that go off, young men, namely, who go off and, and die. And, and I look at pictures, someone had posted a picture this morning of uh, one of the boats at D-Day before they went on shore. Those kids were 18 years old. They were baby face kids. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just something to think about. You guys have any thoughts on Memorial Day, Nicole? Um, my dad, my stepdad, he's a vet. And um, just through talking to him and meeting a lot of his friends, he actually has a lot of friends that are older vets. And it really changed my perception of Memorial Day. And I almost feel guilty, like going to a barbecue and celebrating. I kind of the last few have have spent them more so kind of like reflect in reflection, and not at a barbecue. I, I agree. I think that, you know, and if you have a barbecue, you go enjoy your weekend. I mean, look, which when, is fine, <laughs> which, which is totally fine. Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is this is not supposed to be a solemn occasion. I mean, we're supposed to celebrate, but not without taking at least a minute to reflect on the fact that we have these freedoms here in this country. And the sheer fact that we could sit here on a Saturday morning and have this conversation in North Korea, we'd be dead by now. I mean, the <laughs> yeah. fact remains is that as bad as this administration is doing, People have fought and died for our right to sit here and criticize that. And we must never lose sight of that fact. And we must never lose sight of the fact that those rights are fragile. They are not yeah. etched in stone. You know, America is not some mystical piece of land where freedom happens. It happens here because the people have made it happen. And if our yep. people become weak and complacent, then subsequent generations are not going to enjoy the freedoms that we have. It is our job. We are stewards of this land. We are not occupants. We have to nurture this freedom and make it safer, more secure, and stronger for the subsequent generations. Bob, your thoughts on Memorial Day? Uh, it's the one thing that I really regret that I didn't go into the military, but I guess God had a different plan for me. Uh, 
but I'm with you all. It's freedom is not free. We've, and boy, we lost a lot of freedoms from like the seventies technology. I mean, I've been thrown off Twitter now three times. So it's freedom is not free. So everybody have a, have a great weekend and think of all the people that died so we can have a great weekend. Take, take a minute, take a minute of silent reflection this weekend just to think about that. If you have friends or family members who've served or you yourself have served, God bless you and God bless the memories of those who have passed and enjoy yourself, have fun, uh, live life, guys. Um, my wife last night, she went to a, a function at the Hard Rock, Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida for work and they are maskless now. You walk in, you know, we were there a couple, couple months ago for dinner. You had to put a mask on. You had to wait in a line. They took your temperature. You walk in, and then when you get to your restaurant and sit at your table, then you take it off. The Seminole Hard Rock Hotel Casino in Hollywood is now completely mask-free. They don't check your temperature anymore when you walk in like some infant. You live life like an adult, and it's a great feeling. And, and she had a coworker who's visiting from Michigan who was blown away because they're still living under, you know, Adolf Whitmer, who has you wearing masks and doing, you know, the, the COVID thing. COVID is long behind us, I believe. I believe the threat that COVID presented is by and large gone. The threat of tyranny and its blind allegiance, that is ongoing. And that is what the fight is about. And as we go out, we are going to play one of my honest to God, as I sit here, one of my favorite pieces of music that has come out in the last couple of years, and that's Modern Day Holy War. I have it on my playlist. Oh. I listen to it. It's on my rotation. It is <laughs> an amazing song. The composition, it rocks. But, like, it's one of those songs that you're at first you're enamored because it's it, it just rocks. It's, it's a four-chord rock and roll song. It's just good music. The, the vocals are out of this world. But then when you start listening to it, like, 10, 11 times, then you start actually really listening to the lyrics, like, Wow. We need to do one more mix on it. Get those lyrics up a little. Get the get the vocals up a little bit. But lyrically, but yeah. lyrically, it's brilliant. I mean, when you listen to the Thank actual you. songwriting of it, because you know, usually, like when you listen to songs, you know, do the words rhyme? Does it flow? Is there arrangement? Yeah, but the lyrically. The, like the message behind it is amazing and it's uh it flows and there's you know there's theme to it H how did you write that like how do you sit down and do it it took me two years and like i know i've told you before it started with you know i i was a songwriter 10 years ago in hollywood but i i just i got out of the industry for a while took a break and i was at, it was the last time i was at home sick which was over two years ago two two and a half years ago now and I was watching Notre Dame burning and I, I, this, this, yeah. this thought of, oh my gosh, this is the trigger event to the modern day holy war that we are now stepping into. And I just, it like, mm -hmm. it hit me. And, and I know that I, I, I know I'm in constant communication with God and, um, I grabbed a piece of paper for the first time in forever and I just, I wrote down modern day Holy War on a piece of paper and it sat on my coffee table for a while and I didn't even have strings on my guitar. And the second I was feeling better, I went to guitar center, got some strings and you know, some like little tunes I had written in the past. It just slowly came together and it took about two years though from that day to me actually going to the recording studio for the first time and start and, and recording it. Starting the recording process. You know what I did? Uh oh. I, I, I <laughs> what did you do? I just made my light go out. I taught myself how to play it on the piano. 
<laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an F it's an F sharp minor. It starts in F sharp minor, and I, I can play it from there. It's, it's a really good song. I'm not you know I'm not proficient at playing it yet, but I, I figured it out by ear. So it's a good song. It's just you know it's good old rock and roll, and the message is great. So we're gonna leave you with that, guys. Have a great Memorial Day. Uh, take a minute okay. to think about those who have passed away, but enjoy your freedom because you know, like we said, it's not free. Enjoy it. Thank you. you for tuning in. God bless and God bless America.
Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.